first thing is we need the names of all front companies, limited partnerships, LLCs, and all that. LLCs? Limited liability corporations. Start with the nightclub which Barksdale owns. Look up Orlando's. By address, you match it. You see it's owned by who? It's on uh, Baltimore Street, right? Got it. DMB Enterprises. And then over to Preps is gonna get off his ass and walk on over to the state office buildings on Preston Street. Preston Street? Corporate charter office. Corporate who? We have the paperwork on every corporation and LLC license to do business in the state. You look up DMB Enterprises on the computer, you're gonna get a little reel of microfilm. Pull the corporate charter papers that way. Write down every name you see. Corporate officers, shareholders, or more importantly, the resident agent on the filing who is usually a lawyer. While they use front names, you know, as corporate officers, they'll usually use the same lawyer to do the charter filing. Find that agent's name, run it through the computer, find out what other corporations he's done the filing for, and that way we find other front companies. Well, while he's doing that, what do I do? You're gonna keep your head in this here assessment book. Look up any properties that you can connect to Boxdale. How do you know it connects to Boxdale, right? For one thing, you work off of what Prez gets you from the corporate charter documents. Whatever companies he links to Barksdale or people connected to Barksdale. Welcome to Beyond Succession with me, Nico Bunder. Beyond Succession is the podcast where we look at various concepts of succession and estate planning. We also discuss success, what it means to us individually, as well as draw from our various guests on what they've done in order to achieve success. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Succession, um, to the last episode of our trust series. Uh, over the last few episodes, we've discussed trusts, you know, from setting them up to the tax implications. And this week, uh, we're just going to round it up by looking at the massive changes that have happened in the trust space. Um, and yeah, I mean, before we dive into the first into this episode, I just want to say. Thank you so much for watching. I mean, for listening. Thank you so much for coming back, listening to the shows. I really appreciate it. I mean, I was looking at the stats, and um, it's beyond what I had expected. Um, and it's also just crazy to see, um, you know, the age range of the of the of the listeners. And you know, I've got some fairly young people listening, and I really, really appreciate it. And I really hope that when all of you start achieving your big successes and start setting your plans out and you know when you you know making your first few investments or buying your first big property you know etc that uh, all this information and all these episodes we've had have been super helpful so i just wanted to start the show off by saying thank you very much and yeah um, let's dive into today's first ep- into today's topic which is essentially you know the, the massive changes that have happened um, in the space I'm pretty sure that um, you know for those of you that are uh, big on you know LinkedIn or you know what or listen to the news or read the news quite a bit you would have seen uh, quite a lot on 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 trust and that there've been major changes around you know the reporting requirements specifically as a result of the gray listing so if you if you're not too sure what happened was South Africa was basically placed on the gray list um, and what happens is when you're gray listed means you're not fully compliant with the international standards around you know um, anti-money laundering laws and um, regulations and um, you know terrorist financing 
and basically what happened was um, you know we were told that we were not fully compliant with what we in terms of how we should be compliant according to the financial financial action task force and in order to you know address this this gray listing and um, you know the potential issues it, it has on 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 South Africa in general in terms of you know the the rand you know investments etc um, you know the, the the government took took uh, took you know the government took massive changes around the financial intelligence center yeah I think the FIC and, and then the FIC Act the FICA Act and uh, a lot of it has had quite an impact on on trusts and the you know really placed the new and different administrative burden uh, on trusts and trustees as well you know and uh, i thought it would be the perfect way to round this series up just to speak about these new changes and then hopefully if there's enough time towards the end of the show we'll just briefly touch on whether trusts are still worth it and um, whether there are alternatives for us as a result of the gray listing um, you know prompted various uh, legislative changes specifically i'm going to focus on the reporting requirements like i've said and the impact that they have on trusts and trustees um, essentially you know there's been a change to what is what is referred to as an accountable institution that is people who are well you know people entities that are required by law uh, in terms of the fika act to to report certain things um to 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 the financial intelligence center um and part of that were obviously trust 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 companies and uh, you, you know any any company that provides a service in terms of administration of trust property or you know setting up trusts etc but the biggest few changes and obviously the way where the massive admin burden comes from is the definition of who is a beneficial owner now this is very important you know especially for people who feel like you could just hide uh, you know assets in the trust etc but essentially the the there've been massive changes around who is actually defined as a you know beneficial owner of a trust and automatically you think of the word beneficial owner and you just think well you know i don't know who the beneficiary would be uh, or the beneficiaries would be the beneficial owners or you know the founder of the trust but the definition is so wide in that um, the new definition says you know all natural persons who are directly or indirectly you know who who directly or indirectly ultimately owns the relevant trust property or and or those who exercise effective control over the administration of the trust uh, and and the whole trust arrangement right now this is there's obviously this is two pronged right in terms of whether you have direct or indirect ownership of the trust property and then there's effective control right so meaning as a trustee who obviously serves as a trustee you are also referred to as a beneficial owner right and that means you know all your you ha- you have to be included in that um, in that trust as a as a beneficial owner when the when you're doing the reporting as a trustee Right? So if you're serving as an independent trustee, or you sit on a friend's trust, etc., you are now by definition, a, you know, a beneficial owner just based off the fact that you have some effective control over the, you know, the trust arrangement, right? 
each founder of the trust is also considered a beneficial owner each trustee and then where a beneficiary or 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 where beneficiary is the legal entity right so it's not a natural person like me um essentially the trust wants you to look beyond that and 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 the beneficial owners would then be those who are effectively you know the directors or the shareholders of that company the directors because they would have effective control and then the shareholders because they would be the ultimate owners of um, of, of the company right so it wants reporting on that as well so we can see that the legislation and and um and and the and, and government essentially and treasury are trying to pierce beyond all the different veils right so no longer can you just say well the trust owns um you know nico pty and nico pty is the beneficiary you can't do that uh, and you know you can't just farm be a founder of a trust and automatically your name you know you, you you hire a couple of trustees and you no longer trace to the trust you are traced to the trust because you are the founder so there is a requirement that you report you know all those things and you know there's a lot of debate around around you know all these changes that have happened and you know what they essentially mean and right but you know i view it in the sense of um you know there's a purpose for them right and the purpose is you know to, to, to fight money laundering you know to fight the hiding of assets to fight um, you know any any to counter any any terrorist financing right to counter terrorist financing and that requires knowing who that, that requires piercing certain veils within the trust and the trust structures you know it, it requires going deeper into who exercises control, who founded the trust, who benefits from the trust, and not just, you know, a corporate entity that that that, that, that is, you know, a, a Chinese war between who the real beneficiaries of the trust. The, the, they want to see where the money flows from and where the money effectively flows to, right? And this is important. And if you look at it in the sense of what it's trying to achieve, you have to welcome these things. Yes, they place an administrative burden on the trust and, and trustees, but they have a purpose. And if you're running a genuine trust with a genuine purpose, yes, there's an administrative burden, but there is nothing for you to fear. That That is my personal opinion on it, you know, but before we digress. So that is it. So, right, you've now got this definition, right? Now you've got to keep this information, right? In terms of the new changes, you have to actually keep a register of this information. And when you have this register, there is information you are required by law to keep, you know, full names, date of birth, nationality, an ID, ID details, proof of address, contact details, how the grounds on which the person is a beneficial owner, i.e. are they beneficial owner by being by virtue of being a trustee, virtue of being a founder, and obviously you can be a beneficial owner in more than one category, right? And then you must submit, and there's an electronic register with the master that you must also submit, you know, similar information to, and it's required now that the master, you know, if you listen to the past few episodes, who obviously are the, the, the main, the main trust, governance um, department you know in terms of registration updating you know amendments to the trust the master's office where your trust is registered obviously 
are the main main focal point in terms of you know uh, setting trust up and you know making changes to the trust right so they are now also required to keep um, an electronic register and obviously that requires every trustee to submit this information on beneficial ownership and there's also reporting requirements with SARS that have now been put in place where SARS want to know you know what who the beneficiaries are and and these will have to be submitted and updated regularly same with the register you keep it will have to be updated regularly these are big and important changes and you know the the the, the, the failure to comply with them can you know can lead to a fine up to 10 million or you know a, a couple of years imprisonment but these are the new changes that have come through and obviously there's an administrative burden you know and a lot of trust service providers for them now is it it it, it, it provides a, a revenue generating opportunity you know but also it removes it removes the you know the days of um sleeping beauty trustees where you know you sign up to be a trustee on whoever's trust your boss's trust your friend's trust your family's trust and you actually pay no attention to what the trust does you now must actively know when you sign up as a trustee that you have certain obligations to fulfill as a trustee especially in terms of these changes so if you were not fulfilling them before no longer can you just sit and lay down and not do any of these things you you must play an active role and i think this is massive changes that you know are beneficial yes they place an administrative burden on on trusts and trustees and you know various trust owners and and people with trust are obviously hesitant and, and and agitated and you know running around in a panic about what this means for them but if you look at what the tr- what what the legislation is trying to achieve especially with um, all the money laundering and and the gray listing that it has a purpose you know and and i think it's 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 good for us to to take these steps because if you look at how many you know e ill-gotten you know funds through corruption etc are threaded in 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 trust because they wouldn't you know they, they there wasn't this reporting requirement to this extent you know in terms of who the beneficial owners are who exercises effective control where do the funds flow from where do the funds flow to and i think it's going to do it's going to do good for us if obviously you know the 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 the, 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 the fic and and all the all the authorities push through and make sure that people are adhering to these to these changes it's going to do a lot for us in terms of um maybe reducing the amount of assets hidden through trusts and you know, and 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 concealing ill-gotten gains and um, if you look at it in that sense i think it's a very welcome please leave a comment let me know what you think whether you think hell no this is just a whole you know a whole lot of crap and um, you know there's no real purpose it's not going to achieve anything it's just putting a burden and making trust less attractive right please you know type that comment through if you're using a platform that allows you to um yeah so now that we've obviously discussed these changes you know the question on a lot of people's minds is are they still worth it is a trust still worth it you know do i have an alternative so i think i'm going to start by saying there are certain things you need to consider when choosing what structure you want to use right 
and it depends on a lot of things from you know how long you plan to keep that structure you know where where's your family based you know if you've got and where your assets are based you can't you can't have you know a south african trust holding international assets it's not allowed you know a south african trust cannot hold offshore investments you know so setting up a trust to hold shares you own in 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 a startup in 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 finland is not possible because it's not allowed you know according to 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 excon rules exchange control rules right so you've got to you've got to consider exactly what 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 your asset base is what are you what are you going to hold in those in in, in that structure right what is the what is the the the, the nature of the underlying investments right you've got to consider the tax legislations when you're setting up these what are the benefits for you on it from a tax perspective right what are the benefits and the quantum of funds you know how much how much money is actually going to flow through these structures you know because you don't want you cannot set up a really complex structure that is going to cost you a lot of money for a, you know for a small amount of money it's just nonsensical it doesn't make fiscal sense right or you know you've got to consider like i said when just to go back on the tax legislation as a natural person you get a 2 million rand uh, capital gains abatement on a natural uh, i mean on your primary residence property right now you've got to think about that if you buy a, a primary residence at fairly low value in an area where it's expected to increase very highly right and you 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 can assume you can estimate that you know in 5 years time it would be you know you would have it would have tripled in price and you would have made more than 2 million rand in capital gains if you put that in a trust you no longer have that 2 million rand capital gain abatement right so you've got it you've got to take all of that right and and what i really wanted to say so is what is the alternative right when i say so first of started what you should consider now i'm going to speak about what the alternative and the alternative is companies right they tax the 28% you know dividends paid out from one company to another company are you know are, are, are tax free they're fairly easy to set up you know if you're in south africa you go and subscribe put in a couple of details and you can register a company in you know a couple of minutes at a fairly low cost um and they're fairly easy to 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 administer much simpler administration but i must add that they are now also ubo requirements so beneficial ownership requirement reporting with subsidy right so there's also that to them as well or you could have multiple structures right you could have a trust that owns a holding company that owns a trading company right and obviously the trading company makes the money whatever it pays expenses etc makes a dividends to your to your holding company obviously that dividends is not taxed but obviously i'm just giving examples and, you know and, and just to make you understand of how a multi structure would work you know in, in some time depending on what the dividends is that could obviously flow through to your trust beneficiaries conduited etc right this is this is but you know this this is the other alternative so using a company structure or a multi layer structure but then again brings me back to considerations you must have when you choosing what structure to use you know how long is it going to last for what is the amount of money that's going to flow through what are the tax implications and what what are the tax benefits what are the assets that i'm holding right so you have to think about all of that and it 
and it, it also might mean sometimes just changing your structure as things change but you've got to use the right time it's got to be the right time when you make changes to what structures you use let's take for example covid you know stocks plummeted in value let's say you held these stocks through a trust plummeted in value and you wanted you've been wanting to unwind your trust maybe that was the perfect time to you know to sell off some stocks you know because they they're obviously much less in value unwind the trust put those stocks in a different structure but everything has to be an overall consideration you have to look at your financial affairs you have to look at where your family and is at the moment what your family affairs look like when making that decision so to say you know and and to conclude this this um this trust series is to say you know you you have to shut out all the noise i mean when i say shut it out obviously you know where there's no smoke you know, there's no smoke where there's no fire you know so when people speak about tax efficiency and all of that regarding trust they are not entirely wrong like i said but you have to shut a lot of that noise out and and consider yourself consider what you're trying to achieve consider your family affairs and how these structures fit in you know it's a holistic process it's not it's not a simple um you know you know gunshot uh, i don't know how to describe it you know decision you have to take a number of things into consideration when choosing the right structure and tax and and trust can be very efficient but they can they're not the only structure available you have to be aware when you choose to set up a structure don't you know and and i see a lot of these things on twitter where people tell you trust are the best estate planning structures etc you have to take full consideration of what you're getting into you know from how you set it up to the new requirements that have come in to the cost to the like to 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 the chance that some there might be a time where the conduit principle doesn't apply anymore and also consider the fact that maybe you might not need it at that point maybe because you're owning a certain asset that the advantage is a bit better if you own it in your personal name right and you have to think about all these things when you're choosing the structure so you know seek professional help be have an honest conversation take your family circumstances into into account take your financial circumstances into account and exactly what you're trying to achieve and where you're going you know and putting all these together that's when you really come to the conclusion of what the best structure is and whether that is a trust a company or a combination of both right or maybe neither right but all these stuff all, all this requires you to to just consider where you're at and where you're going in your family and your finances and i thought this would be the perfect way to you know end this 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 trust series this won't be the last time we discuss trust and you know their implications and anything else obviously we'll have, we will have later episodes and uh, probably discuss trust and maybe have a bit more in-depth discussions uh, around some assets held in trusts but i thought the perfect way to end this is to say you have an alternative in a company but you must really take you know cognizant and consider everything before you make a decision there is no one shot one size you know one size fits all when it comes to structures each 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 
each structuring activity should be you know unique and based on your circumstances and what really applies to you and i really hope you've enjoyed this you know these few episodes on trust feel free to re-listen to them if there's anything you haven't understood feel free to reach out if there's anything you you know you want us to you want me to discuss and um yeah thank you very much for listening once again i hope you enjoyed today's episodes and i can't wait for the next episode um which will be hopefully a surprise thank you very much